Welcome back to the Off Belay podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Bourgette, here today with Rich Wallet. Hey. Before we get started with our conversation, a quick mention of our sponsor. The Off Belay podcast is brought to you by our friends at Central Rock Gym. CRG is a family-owned business and has 15 locations throughout the Northeast, including Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and New York. The climbing community in this area would not be who we are without CRG when you think about it. Besides their impressive number of state-of-the-art facilities, they've been around since 2009, which is longer than most gyms and certainly longer than most of your climbing partners, dare we say. CRG has it all from yoga classes, lead certifications, squat racks so you don't develop tiny chicken legs after you forget that there are other parts of your body besides your arms and shoulders, and speed walls in select locations. CRG Hadley also has a crack if you're into that kind of thing, which we are here at Off Belay. Off Belay would have likely never formed without CRG, so a tip of the beanie for that. Thank you to CRG for supporting Off Belay and for being so truly dope to this community. Check out the latest events, classes, and news at centralrockgym.com. All right, we are particularly psyched for our guests today. We have been fangirling over them for a while now and their impressive climbing skills, biology background, and general stoke for life. Everyone, please welcome Amy Chu. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm very psyched to be here. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, but I'm glad. <laughs> we are honored to have you on the podcast. So, mm -hmm. um, guess I guess just give us a little bit of your background, what got you into climbing, and whatever else part of your background you want to share <laughs> welcome to the professional <laughs> podcast <laughs> well i guess my name is amy i am 28 years old i love crack climbing it's pretty much it. i'm just kidding no so um i guess i ha i guess i'll start with how i started climbing right yeah so i have to say shout out to the appalachian mountain club for getting me into outdoor climbing at least um my lab mate I think about five years ago was actually the one who got me into climbing at CRG Worcester and um, <laughs> it was pretty much kind of just very casual from the very very beginning so I've been climbing like I guess overall for about five years but not really seriously until like the last two years but um, here and there you know climb some walls learned how to lead and never went outside and I think one of the biggest barriers to going outside was I just didn't know anybody bought a bouldering pad we like went outside bouldered and that was pretty much it and till today I still hate bouldering but um I was gonna I ask if you grew out of that phase <laughs> <laughs> sorry <Jeff>. nope <laughs> definitely don't like bouldering I'm not a boulderer but um just alienated <laughs> huge huge percentage i'm sorry everyone all those boulder bros out there sorry man <laughs> all the sport climbers are also gonna be sad to hear that i don't like sport either yes oh sorry. no we love everyone <laughs> oh my god you guys <laughs> so all right so you don't like bouldering and you don't love sport climbing so that kind of leaves us with Top roping, ice climbing oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> aid climb no <laughs> actually i've i don't know how to aid climb not yet i will someday in my life but uh yeah trad and ice pretty much mostly trad but um yeah so back to i guess the appalachian mountain club mainly because I want to kind of give a little shout out to all of those people because they were like my trad dad, trad moms, trad grandpas. But um, the thing that really got me to climbing was like I took their beginner course 
because I saw a flyer in the CRG gym that was like, oh, hello, you know, beginning climbing, you know, we are here to teach you how to climb outside, build top rope anchors and stuff like that. It was like a beginner and then like a second part intermediate class. And the whole goal of it was to basically build competent multi-pitch trad seconds. And I was like, I want to climb outside. I don't know what it entails, but I want to do it. Did all of their classes and just basically became an integral part of like, that group and i like love them all to death so brian phillips if you're out there and you're listening that's my trad grandpa he is a fucking crusher <laughs> 70 years old crushing 511 trad um my ooh lightning sorry oh <laughs> might get a little rambunctious <laughs> but um away from the door michelle ken and michael my trad parents they took me up my very first outdoor climb which was what I don't remember, what? but it was a 5-3 at the Kunks. Which is like three pines. five, eight. It was probably three pines. Yeah. Or something like that. I, I have a list. It's actually, don't don't, don't second guess yourself. I think you nailed it. <laughs> and I feel better if I was right. So. No, let me check because I can actually check. I have it listed all on my phone. Oh. Is that thunder? I think it is. No. We it just is. ate, so it's obviously not my stomach, which it... Oh, Mara farted. Okay. Nope, you were wrong. Sorry, it was minty. Minty, okay. Three pitches, five four. Oh, wow. Ooh. You got spicy with it. <laughs> I got real spicy right off the top. So this, I'm sorry, I, I forgot. Was You said it was your first follow or your first lead? My first, oh, follow, goodness. First gracious. follow. This okay. was like my cool, first cool, cool. outdoor, like, trip, basically. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so the whole, so this they offer this class every year, by the way, and this is how I got into climbing. And it's actually amazing because a lot of those teachers and the instructors in that course, like, Pat Bender, you know, we got um, a bunch of other people in there. <laughs> your names are slipping. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Kevin Sweeney. Later. Yeah. But um, a lot of them also got their start climbing with, you know, Climb RI and the Appalachian Mountain Club of Narragansett. And like, it's amazing to like watch them, you know, the old timers in there who've been teaching this class for such a long time, like grow trad leaders who become, you know, part of the family. And then um, I just really love them. So that's amazing. Yeah. But I owe a lot of my climbing start with them because they've pretty much taught me everything that I know. And I, I love them so much. Oh, so here's to you, Narragansett AMC. I owe you guys everything. That is wonderful. Yeah. We, so Rich and I also have mm -hmm. climbed with Brian and he's, He's a treat. I we, love Brian. We learned a lot from him with just one day. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, I was so excited when you told me this the other day. And <laughs> yeah. You called him your trad grandfather. And I was like, ah, this is so awesome. I'm picturing like a family tree called like the trads. And like <laughs> Brian's the grandfather. And like you're, you know, one of the grandkids. And there's just like all these trad aunts and uncles. And anyway, welcome no, to my mind. All interweaves but... to climbri.org. Yes. <laughs> we would like to also direct you all to climbri.org, which is Brian's website that he's worked very hard on. There's topography and roots and uh, pictures and all kinds of wonderful things so. pretty artistic if you look at wolf rock <laughs> it's a really good top it's good <laughs> um so you only have been climbing outdoors for two years then did i get that correct? about two and a half now this is my third season outside okay yeah very cool and how long i guess did it take you to go from like following to like kind of getting that fire like maybe i could take the sharp end of things oh <laughs> uh, Six months. Wow. <laughs> One season. <laughs> so how often were you climbing that you were like, I need to do this right now? 
Um, a, a, a lot. I went on basically every single trip that the AMC had. And so, like, from the very first Gunks trip, the second trip was Canon, and that was terrifying because Pat Bender, we climbed uh, Weisner's Dyke, and it was terrifying. He had to haul me up one of the root, uh, one of the parts there, and yeah. But uh, so that was my second outdoor trip was climbing Cannon, and now Cannon's one of my favorite cliffs, which is hilarious because almost exactly a year later, I like went back and then like swapped leads on Whitney Gilman with one of my partners, wow. and it was an excellent time. But um, yeah, I took the sharp end. My first trad lead was Betty, two pitches, five three at the Gunks. <laughs> So my very first outdoor trip was at the Gunks, Minty, and then came back the same season. The last AMC trip was back at the Gunks, and that's when I did my first lead. It was funny because we went back to the cabin, and all of my friends were like, Amy, when did you learn how to place gear? And I was like, 20 minutes before I left the ground. <laughs> Which is like, obviously, first of all, so fucking badass, but like so old school. Like, that's just how you go climbing back in the day. They're like, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Now we're like spending hours on YouTube. Like, so this is how you build an anchor and this is how you back up your shit. But you were just like, let's go. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I spent a lot of time knowing that I wanted to eventually lead just watching all of my like, you know, partners, the leaders place gear, clean stuff. And so I like learned the process by watching them. And this is like the biggest piece of advice I tell to like new people who want to get into like any type of climbing, especially like trad climbing is like, find someone to teach you and watch them intensely like you can learn a lot by just following my first year all i did was just follow i just followed a crap ton of routes and then at the end i was like i want to try i'm probably not going to fall on a five three so let's just do it oh i did make a major mistake building the anchor because it was a multi-pitch route <laughs> i got up there and pulled the rope up without building the anchor oh, no. <laughs> No one died and it was okay. I realized what I was doing though. There was another group next to me. They were just staring at me and they're like, the fuck is she doing? I was like, I need to build the anchor. So you weren't like direct on a piece or anything. You were just. It like... was a huge ledge. Okay. Yeah. So I was standing on a ledge basically. I was just like, all right. GT ledge is it? Uh, I don't remember. I don't it's Betty. So yeah, whatever it all makes ledge me nervous, that is. So my palms are sweaty. <laughs> it's not because it's 95 degrees in here. <laughs> you had a fan going. Yeah. <laughs> Rich also had a scary gunks experience. Was it this weekend? Uh, last Thursday, yeah. Do you want to well, tell I people? Mean, <laughs> it's not much of a story, but it was like a moderate low-speed decking instance of like an intermediate ledge there. Um, have you, you've climbed CCK? Yeah, I've done CCK direct. Okay, so we got like the first... I was trying to like circumvent actually having to do the traverse on CCK okay. and... We got up the first two pitches and we were going to go do the chimney directly above. And there's this like rappel anchor, quote unquote, that's hanging directly like at the uh, the second pitch at the top of the second pitch for CCK. Um, so I'm looking at it and it was like kind of a challenging move to get up on top of it. And there's two very loose blocks on the left that I decided I didn't want to kill anybody with. So I uh, put in a piece, clipped some rusty ass pin and was trying to go around all those pieces that looked like the blocks like they that looked like they're going to fall uh and i clipped into this uh this anchor with the rappel ring hanging off of it and then i looked and realized that it wasn't actually like a rappel anchor it was like a rappel anchor for somewhere else that just fell into the crack and it looked like it was just wedged in there um it's so long and short i ended up falling my belayer chris did a really good job um 
but there was a lot of rope stretch and I like fell backwards and did like a moderate to low speed deck on the ledge below. It was only like seven or eight feet like below my feet, but it, yeah, I have some random bruises that I'm working through. <laughs> but first time out leading at the gunks and I clearly had a really good time. <laughs> I think you got a, a wonderful souvenir on your leg. Yes. So. <laughs> yep. I got a couple bruises, but we're good. The gunks are we scary. finished. We finished the pitches. It was yeah. fine. I it feel was like just like a little bump. So that's good. I'm I'm happy to have you both sitting at this table yeah, today, yeah. alive. So yeah. that's good. Sitting um, and standing. I feel like I always see you climbing at the gunks. Is that your your favorite, your primary crag? Oh no! It, I get that question a lot. They're like. Where, Amy, where do you climb the most? And I'm like, I honestly have no idea because I climb equally across New England. But if I had to pick one place, Cathedral. Hmm. I climb probably the most at Cathedral. Awesome. Um, the gunks scare me. <laughs> the gunks are scary. <laughs> I've gone several times now, but I'm like, uh, it's not really my style. More of like a vertical crack climber, not a horizontal because I'm like very small human. And sometimes like even the easy routes are very reachy for me. So I'm like, you know what? Let's go do some vertical cracks at Cathedral. So it's, I was going to ask you, I guess, what about Cathedral mm -hmm. makes it like the best in your opinion? Oh, uh, well, vertical cracks. Right. So <laughs> lots of that. And then also like, I like granite. So, yeah. and the multi-pitch roots. So, uh, sorry. My favorite stuff to climb is like multi-pitch trad, moderate multi-pitch trad even. So like long, big roots. I need to go back to Red Rocks. <laughs> I've done one route at Red Rocks, and that was not enough. Just one? Yeah. You went all the way out there and climbed one route? So the trip was, we went from San Diego, which is where my parents are and I originally am, and we drove to Red Rock, um, climbed one route, and then drove straight to Indian Creek. Wow. And then spent most of our time like in the Moab area. And then we were going to go back to Red Rock for like, a, it was um, New Year, so like January 1st, and we were going to do 21 pitches for 2021. And then it rain or snowed. Sorry, it snowed because it's January, and so we went to Joshua Tree. <laughs> I hate Joshua Tree. <laughs> I thought you would like Joshua Tree. I do not like Joshua Why? Tree. Why? It's like kitty litter, and your feet are never really it's secure, kind of so it's like chossy and it's scary. And I'm like, yo, dude, what is this climbing? <laughs> That's the best description. That's the most honest description. She's, I mean, she's not wrong about the kitty. Like, you said kitty litter, and I'm, like, ready to debate, to debate you on it. I'm like, that's right. You know, kind of nailed it. So, it's like ball bearings under your feet at all points. Yeah. I'd like to go back there personally, but yeah, Indian Creek is definitely on my list of, like, oh my gosh, a yeah. short. So how long were you at Indian Creek? How long uh, were you at Indian Creek? <laughs> we did four days there i think so we did two days on then we did a rest day of just messing around in arches and hiking even though we didn't really want to hike and then we did um on christmas we did stolen chimney which is uh like one of the like, like top american classic desert towers it's like oh my god it's amazing it's on like the worst rock in the whole world fisher towers and anyone you know has been to the fisher towers they know exactly what i'm talking about it's not rock it's mud <laughs> So you were like, I want to do that. <laughs> it's, it's, it was like, it's, if you have to ask me what my favorite route is that I've ever done, I'd probably say Stolen Chimney, just because the day we did it, it was Christmas, and we were the first ones on the route, and it was the most beautiful bluebird day, and it was like 40 degrees, so it wasn't terrible, and it was in direct sun, and it's just such a good route. That like, sounds beautiful. The first pitch is like, okay, honestly, kind of terrible. Actually, it's just kind of like chossoneering up to like, you know. And then you like climb a couple bull anchors up to the second-ish pitch. Yeah. And it's like 
a chimney. And it's like the worst. Yes, the corkscrew. I've seen that. Yeah. And it's like the worst chossy kind of like dirty chimney, but it's like fun climbing. And then the third pitch was that on uh, there's I have four pitches. I don't remember how many. You can have the mountain project description <laughs> if you like. I'm looking at it right now. Anyway, the Hilarious last picture, by the way. Yeah, Just... that's the diving board. <laughs> so the last pitch is that corkscrew pitch, which is like the very, very, it's actually very easy climbing. You'd think it'd be hard, but it's not. Um, but like topping out on that thing, it's like about as big as maybe a fourth of this table. So like two feet and you're just kind of standing on this tiny thing a little bit above and like the the uh, the anchor is wrapped below you and it's just like a bunch of tat wrapped around the tip of it and it's hilarious but like it's just super exposed super fun like good climbing it's it's one of like the world's classics it's it's stolen chimney that's on, on I, ancient i'm art. adding it to my to-do list oh yeah you it also <laughs> says it's aid and you said you don't do any aid climbing but well, was that just the bolt ladder or yeah okay. so it's five eight i would i would say it's five eight if you aid through the bolt ladders if you free it it's five ten i suggest oh, okay. not freeing it because it's the world's worst rock so you're like you're you're literally climbing mud and like you have like pebbles that are just stuck into the mud and that's what you're trying to climb up so it's really not worth it you are selling it. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the weirdest description of someone's favorite route ever. <laughs> it's like, it's the greatest thing I've ever touched, but I freaking hate it at the same time. It's gross, disgusting, like, don't ever do it. But do the last in the middle dirty pitches. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's just, it's it's unique. All I right. love that. It's yeah. unique. So, Indian Creek over Joshua Tree. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to get some more stuff added to the to-do list there. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the creek is probably my favorite place to climb. I, like, after I graduate with my PhD, I, like, kind of want to just move to Moab and, like, live there for a couple months and just climb cracks all day. Hell like, yeah. That's my favorite stuff to do. Like, beautiful, soft desert sandstone splitter cracks. That I feel really powerful at the creek because I have tiny ass hands. Like my hands are 0.75 to ones. So I'm really powerful at the creek. Climbing like 11s and 12s there. Be just be it's all grades are arbitrary anyway. But like the harder the route is, like the smaller the hands are. And like that's my hand size. Hell yeah. I want this so bad for you. Like you should do that. I would be very, I would like be living through you so happy. Like it would fulfill the empath in me deeply um so tell me about your phd research yeah so my phd is interesting it's uh so i i am a bio, i do wow can't speak today sorry i'm a biologist and specifically what i do is functional morphology and biomechanics and so translating that into like i guess layman's terms it's i essentially study the physics behind how things move so kinesiology is kind of the study of how humans move and so i do animals and specifically i study lizards which is also really fun my main uh, model organism is the basilisk lizard but um what i'm studying is essentially different modes of locomotion and how that differs with some varying variables i guess so i'm looking at running jumping swimming and climbing actually and so one of the chapters that i'm actually um, doing my dissertation on is looking at the different strategies between climbing um and in swimming as well, which is also really fun because in high school I was a swimmer. So I'm a climber now and I'm a swimmer. 
and uh, I studied climbing and swimming in lizards. And so that's why <laughs> my TC pros have lizards drawn on them. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, my God. They do, yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's one of the chapters that I'm looking at. And essentially there's, like, it's just kind of poetic now that I'm, like, thinking about it. But, like, one of the big questions that I'm asking is basically are there a lot of, like, kinematic differences between the different strategies and so kinematics if you don't know what it is it's essentially just kind of looking at a point through space and time and so the things that we can study are things like the body angles the limb angles like the speed and the velocity at which these animals are doing these different things and so with the climbing one in particular we're looking at um, a hopping kind of strategy versus a alternating strategy where the animals are either alternating their hind limbs or crawling kind of up the substrate or the tree bark or whatever it is versus like hopping up it. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had the opportunity to present or, um, the differences between dinoing and dead pointing to about a thousand people at the last conference. Because <laughs> I thought it was a perfect analogy. I was like, okay, so yo, these lizards are either dinoing or dead pointing their way up the substrate. And um, were the thousand people just like, why is fuck? she so excited about this? <laughs> yeah, I got to put Nina Williams on my PowerPoint slide. <laughs> Any excuse to put Nina Williams in a PowerPoint I slide is wonderful. She's so hot. <laughs> We love her. We stand, and she's from Western Mass. Right? Is she? Oh. Rhode Island. Ro okay, she we climbed. We might be wrong. I'm saying she that climbed in Farley once. I know that for a fact. So we That's should. So cool. If you know Nina Williams, get her to come to Rich's house so we can <laughs> get her on the podcast. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, <ahead>. no. <laughs> but yeah, so essentially, I'm just looking at like the differences between that, and I'm actually writing the paper right now. So the results say that like there are no differences between the two different strategies. So like the lizard will do one of those two different strategies. They either alternate their way up or they hop their way up. And what have we found is that there are no, at least acceleration or like velocity differences, like the max, they go at the same speeds essentially. There are gonna obviously be like different limb angles associated with it, but I found it kind of interesting because it's very like meta, uh, what is the term? I will metaphor. not know yeah. <laughs> like, don't look at either of us. <laughs> it's like a metaphor for like human climbing where it's like, you know, Rich is, I don't know how tall are you. 5'11". You're 5'11". I'm like 5'3", yo. And like, we're not going to climb the same way, but we can still get to Clearly, the same point. Clearly, you're going to climb way better. No. <laughs> but it's like, in climbing, like one thing I love so much about it, it's like you can have any body shape or size and still be able to climb the same exact routes. And like these animals here, these lizards, are doing super different things, but still there's no difference in the way that they're doing it. They're still getting to the top. And so I was just like, oh, that's so wholesome. I love <laughs> I that. So has your research impacted the way that you climb at all? Uh, well, it takes away from my climbing, so yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing. <laughs> I went a different route with that. I was like, all right, well, lizards do this, so I'm going to do this with my arm in this crack. I, know, I, actually, I knew what you meant. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But no, not. Uh, I mean, like, I can't climb like a lizard can. Most of their honest <laughs> humans weren't made to be on cliffs. Yes, we it's were... true. Why are we doing this? I uh, sometimes I ask myself that, like, when I'm on the cliff, I'm like, what? What? Ice climbing, especially. I'm I like, this is so stupid. This is such a stupid sport. Why are we here right now? Like, what are we doing? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry. Cold. I'm, cold. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm not fun. And you go home and then you like sit in your car and you're like, damn, that was a great day. 
Yes. That's multi-pitcher. It's like it's anything like, 10 plus pitches. You're like, I fucking hate this so much. And then you get down to the car and you're like, oh man, what are we going to climb tomorrow? <laughs> you're like on the cliff wishing you were in the car and the car wishing you're on the cliff. Yeah. Right? You're just never satisfied, right? <laughs> Life's good. Um, that's uh, awesome. Just jumping in, I did a little fact check. Uh, Nina Williams was born in Putnam, Connecticut. <laughs> so somehow we, we found a way to be like wrong on like every angle possible. Or, or She climbs in Warwick. I saw. You might argue That's that connecticut cool. is the combination of mass and rhode island so we're both right in that way <laughs> brian, i mean brian brian might have some things to say about that with climbri.org which think... has all connecticut climbing spots on it <laughs> the so. awfully podcast is brought to you by climbri.org unofficially <laughs> does he even know this exists or climbri.org is brought I'm, to I'm you gonna by text, i can text yeah. him right now you want me to text him yeah please do. all right brian oh my god just light him wow. up light him we up. should light get him, up. him on <laughs> you like, I, yeah He's awesome. All right. Um, sweet. Is there anything else about your PhD that you wanted to talk about? Like, what else makes you psyched about it, I guess? Or, uh, Well, it made me realize that I don't like science. <laughs> but I, I think it's more of a just a, like that, that classic PhD burnout where you've just done so much of it, you're kind of sick of it a little bit. But what I did realize is that I really like teaching. And so, like, I do eventually, like, career-wise, I'm – not entirely sure what I want to do, but I kind of want to do like a lecturer only position where I kind of unfortunately give up a lot of the research and then I like work nine months out of the year and then guide over the summer as a climbing instructor or something like that. That so sounds pretty perfect. Working kind of towards that as a career goal, or maybe I'll just become a full time professor but that's probably also unlikely i have no idea what i'm gonna do with my life i'm gonna live in moab and do nothing but like climb rocks and become a true desert rat as i mentioned before i really want that for you <laughs> so bad <laughs> i want whatever you want but it would, i as would be as long as it's that yeah as long <laughs> as, as, as it's that. nothing else but that um i totally just had a question that slipped out of my brain. oh yeah how much school do you have left Ooh, i oh gosh i don't know i'm supposed to graduate like my original goal was by december of this year so like I don't know, it's six months, but then I'm not entirely sure. I might drag that on a little bit more. I might move out to Vermont for the ice season because like, I mean, where would you go anywhere else for ice? And um, we'll see, but it's, I'm aiming towards December, but if I, if I like don't finish by then, I should know by the end of the summer that I might just stretch out an extra semester, which I honestly am not going to be too upset about, but like very soon, essentially. Awesome. I love that. Good for you, man. Yeah. All right. So. I got I got to ask with the, um, you said that you had interest in getting into guiding and doing that, like when you're not, you know, pursuing the other yeah. career. Um, you've recently been doing some work on that. I know you just took a SPI course, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just took the SPI like in April. Okay. So. How did that go? I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I like had the mentality of originally just taking it for the sake of just like learning new skills and not actually becoming like an instructor or anything like that or like using it or becoming certified but then the more i thought about it, the more i realized i really like teaching like that's the whole point of becoming a professor right but i also am very passionate about climbing and one of the things that i really want to do is eventually like teach people how to climb and mm -hmm. so like i can use the spi to do that um, depending on how that goes, I might move on to like the multi-pitch instructor as well, which I think would be probably the most fun because that's what I truly love doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to become like a guide where I like take clients out and like rope gun for them because I'm not really that type of person. I want to be able to teach new people 
how to climb so they can be self-sufficient, safe, like independent climbers. Just like what the AMC basically did for me. Like I want to do that for other people. Yeah. But I primarily kind of want to do that for like people who look like me. So like people of color, women, and like queer people. It's like the she's, they's, and gays. I'm here for you. She's, they's, and gays. <laughs> Sorry, no, I love I how close you, you got we, to the mic for that too. Yeah, like I'm going like in. Set up, was ready for that punchline. I love it. Uh, no, I know you and I had spoke like very briefly on on the, like one of the group chats, like one of those many WhatsApp. I know you oh, broadcast yeah. that to a lot of people for that. I thought that was really cool, and I saw that you're doing the the single pitch instructing class before yeah. that, so I thought that was really neat. So, yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of fun being able to teach stuff, teach it back to people as well. I feel like it's a really good way to reinforce skills it too. Is. Like you said, a lot about. A lot of it's ringing with me that uh, following people on gear is like such a great way to learn as long as you're paying attention to the details of it. But then being able to turn around and like teach it back and explain it with somebody that also has hunger to learn it as well, uh, because they're going to ask all the hard questions. So you need to be able to like speak to your shit for it is pretty, pretty yeah. awesome. So absolutely. So yeah. we, we were basically psyched to have you on Mara and I as you know from the ladies episode we got like a bunch of responses and one of them was yours (laughs) oh my god and (laughs) it was like I literally read it and I was like holy shit she is passionate and it's awesome and you were like I know it's supposed to be anonymous but here's my Instagram handle and I was like okay let's do this and that's how we got here so tell us let's talk a little bit about what you're passionate about like diversity inclusion and climbing yeah so like I mean, it's it's very well known, I think, that climbing and the outdoors in general is a very, like, white man sport. You know what I mean? And, like, I think one of the things that I honestly hate the most is when other people of color kind of reinforce that, where they're like, oh, wow, okay, like, we're doing, they're doing all these dangerous things. Like, oh, that's a white people thing. I'm like, okay, but, like, I get what you're trying to say. Like, it's supposed to be, like, a punchline or whatever. But, like, I, yeah, but, like, what you're what you're doing by saying that is essentially like excluding all the people of color who are actually interested in these spaces and what we're trying to do is fight so hard to take up space you know what i mean and it's just like for me especially like i am a female mostly you know female mostly identifying like person of color who's queer and like i want to be able to have my space in this community be and be taken seriously and i feel like a lot of the times I'm not taken seriously. I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, the girlfriend who shows up. And it's like, yo, dude, girlfriend, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, I'm a fully competent, like, climber. Like, my part, I'm not even dating my part. Like, what? (laughs) I let that. It's like, there were so many instances where it was just kind of like, you know, a route was put up and we were both back on the ground and someone walks by and asks for beta by, like, my, from my male climber. And they're like, oh, how was that route? And it's like, no, she let that. Like, I let that dude like and I re- I like listened to the um episode with Dulcie and I you know she has those same very similar experiences and I'm pretty sure that a lot of your other you know female identifying or non-binary listeners are probably feeling the same way where it's just kind of like we are fully fledged competent climbers and we want to be taken seriously as one and it's like no the guy who I'm with did not lead the route or the you know or develop the root in, you know, Dulcie's case, it's just kind of like, no, we did that. And I want you to see me as, like, an equal climber. That, and I feel like a lot of the times, it's like women especially are, like, intimidated almost by taking up, wanting to take up these spaces. And so, 
I'm gonna ex totally expose myself, but like, so I run this TikTok account on, uh, I guess TikTok, right? And, <laughs> and like, I originally made it to just be like an Instagram account where it was basically like cool videos that I took at the crag and stuff like that. But then I posted a couple videos of me like talking about experiences as a female climber and like starting to like kind of put out like more videos that were based on like teaching almost like not placing gear or building anchors because I kind of don't want to do that kind of stuff because like liability I don't want to be risk I'm, I'm learn that from a guide or you know seek experienced people to do that with you outside but like how to get into trad climbing how to buy gear what to buy like okay like let's say you're a gym climber this is what you have you have a harness an atc and a chalk bag and shoes what should you get if you want to go outside like those are some of the videos that like i make and it's like so many comments like literally hundreds i have about Last time I checked 9,000 followers, I'm like probably rapidly approaching 10,000 now. Like, are so many of them are women who are like, holy shit, like you are the first female trad climber that I've seen on this app or like that I know and like you are empowering. Like, I've gotten so many messages of just people, random ass people on TikTok who are like, you're empowering, I wanna start climbing. And like, that's what I wanna do. You know what I mean? Like I wanna become an instructor to tell people that you have space to take up in this community. I and love that. I'm like yeah. looking at Amy's you. making this Sorry, space Rich. for you. I'm like looking at Michelle the entire time. I am so Sorry, deeply Rich. involved in this conversation. that type of attention. I'm just here. <laughs> I'm, I, I love you. Um, so, for the, so for our listeners who are maybe on TikTok, I'm not. But if they want that information or to you know watch you do cool stuff yeah what's your it's, is it a handle on tiktok yeah it's, still a handle. A, right. it's the same as my instagram it's achu so a h h like ah and then my last name c-h-e-u achu <laughs> oh, shit. you never got that you never oh, oh my, my god. god i hang out with you all the time so yeah I, i'm very uh, disappointed in you right now honestly. i'm disappointed in me too but now i like it even more so. thank you <laughs> but which yeah, works so. a lot he's tired yeah. <laughs> wow so tell us more about like some of the like the content that i guess you make now that you are aware that it has mm -hmm. some traction and like that people are receiving it well does it change like the type of content that you make or uh, it's more instructional now mm -hmm. like a little bit more mixed with like really stupid memes i am kind of like like i want people to see the instructional stuff not like the really dumb TikTok memes because there's <laughs> there's like oh my god that's kind of embarrassing well they probably go for the instructional videos and stay for the memes as we <laughs> all do i think <laughs> i think what like crisp crisp sharma or something like that on instagram yes. share sharing one of my memes and i had a bunch of people and they're like hey Amy, is this you i'm like oh no i saw it i saw <laughs> it i was there i was one of them <laughs> I, I was like oh no this is not supposed to leak into my personal life this is supposed to be strangers on the internet we actually got a message from chris shawarma which is the most really? ridiculous sentence of all time <laughs> they might be on off filet that's in, cool in the future yeah it's Are not they... as cool as you though so keep talking yeah. about you <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to bring that up well hello chris shawarma <laughs> <laughs> i love your meme page <laughs> well he loves your meme page so um, well, yeah, so yeah. it's it's like a bunch of stuff. I like like the last couple instructional ones I did was um like how to coil ropes four ways. And Thank so like you. Stuff like that. God. Yeah, yes. there's like four different ways to coil ropes, like with the different finishes for like different purposes. Is there so, a rope yeah. backpack? I'm gonna ask for Rich. There is. Okay. There is a rope <laughs> backpack on there. It's like the rope. I honestly don't really know what the names are called. And it's really funny because I like 
the video i'm just i don't know what this is called this is just what you do <laughs> i feel like it'd be really it must be really hard to explain things that are our physical habit to people like mm-hmm. i know for a fact when i eventually like hopefully have children mm-hmm. i will not be able to teach them how to tie their shoes <gasps> how do you explain how to tie your shoes to someone you're like it just goes under and then you i don't know and then you just do it yeah that's what like, i'm saying and then your brain just does it for it. you and then like it's done and then your shoes are tied. like i feel like that it's it must be a whole other realm of brain activity <laughs> to like explain how to do something like coiling a rope to someone so, it's actually, it's actually, so like for me as like a biologist i teach anatomy so i have to teach students how to dissect things like we're di- we dissect cats and sharks and so i have to teach students how to use a scalpel so like physically doing things i guess like i'm actually quite good so another thing was like one of my tiktok videos like recently got like 250,000 views maybe like 300 now and like that one was just like what to buy if you want to buy new gear or used gear and i'm like i don't know why that one of all the videos blew up but like if you go through the comments they make me laugh because it's just like so many people are like i have no idea what she's talking about like i don't climb but i'm (laughs) taking notes and i'm like (laughs) Okay, and like a lot of it was so validating because people were like, you're a really good instructor. Like I have absolutely no intention of ever climbing in my life. I'm afraid of heights, but like I watched this entire two minute video. Like you can do two minute, three minute videos on TikTok now, by oh, the way. Oh, wow. What, and was like, it a, a minute? It's like it used to be one minute now you can do three. Oh my god. So like my videos have gone longer, but like good. I don't we know, want that. I don't know why people are like watching that video in, in, in like general, like Okay, that, why did that one of all the ones blow up? Not one of my dumb, you know, funny ones, because I thought that was actually funny, but I guess not. I'm not on TikTok, as I mentioned before, but I want to be now. <laughs> I might do that. Um, it's so dumb. Such a dumb app. It takes well, up too much time. It's, I mean, the world is sad right now, I think. That's I mean, true. not so much anymore, but people open up the app and they look at, you know, like, happy things. And yeah. then you're there like, this is how you do this and this if you want to get into the sport. And they're, like, inspired and excited by someone who's confident and unapologetic and, like, funny. So, you know, I'm not surprised that you're getting a quarter million plus views. And I hope you get many more because I want to see more people like you and less people like me, oh. to be honest. No. <laughs> There's no room for self-deprecation no. here. So. And I'm signing off now. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, all right. So you were basically, like, shown the ropes, which is, like, a term I love in climbing <laughs> for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, are you – who inspires you now that you're, like, a confident leader and instructor? Oh, man. So, like – You can say yourself. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, not – it's really weird because like but right before I drove her, I had like an existential crisis basically about climbing in particular. I had like a whole conversation with one of my primary climbing partners. So I will also now give a shout out to Sawyer West. Thank you. He is probably I'm going to owe most of my second year of climbing to him because he's I probably have climbed the most pitches with him. And um, like, thank you, Sawyer, for like basically rope gumming, rope gunning everything and encouraging me to climb harder. But like, it was really weird because like, I've hit this point in my climbing career where, where like, I like have always been and historically been the weakest climber in my group, right? Really? And I all, and I still am actually the weakest climber in my group. Do you climb with Margot Hayes? (laughs) (laughs) Only? (laughs) No, but like the people who I do like seek out to climb are like always much better than me. And it's just kind of weird how that's like, the more the better i get like the better these people get but i'm having this weird crisis right now where it's just like i've reached this point where i climb like i don't 
like I'm still a very moderate climber. You know what I mean? Like I'm on. <laughs> it's gonna suck. We gotta we gotta talk about the definition of moderate after. <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 super ridiculous though because like I, cl- I I'm on siding five ten trad right now, and I think that like that's way ahead of a lot of people, but yet at the same time, like a lot of the people that I'm climbing with are like, like fucking a belayed Chris Fior on a five thirteen trad route at the new, you know what I mean? And like a lot of the people who I'm climbing with are like. 13 climbers 12 climbers like constantly on siding 12s and 13s and it's like really weird because i'm like way ahead of some of these people here yet so far behind these people here that like i don't really know how to like see myself and so like i'm having a really hard time right now accepting the fact that i put so much work into like climbing at the grades that i am yet not really being happy with it and I want to avoid the whole grade chasing thing. You know what I mean? Because I don't really believe in that. I want to climb because I love climbing and for the sake of climbing. But like, I don't really fundamentally know how to handle where I'm at because I'm not happy with it. It sounds like just as a gut reaction to that, yeah. it almost reminds me of like body dysmorphia, yeah. but with climbing. Kind of. You know, like yeah. you look at yourself and you're like picking yourself apart, but it's just you like in your head like you're an amazing climber you know mm-hmm. and i think you're very strong i've never actually <laughs> climbed with you but i've seen the shit that you do and it's very impressive no it's fine rich just knock that over <laughs> there's some feedback i know there's phone, there so. is a lot of feedback oh. um at our other our other uh people in the room <laughs> jesse <laughs> we have very important podcasts and pokemon go yeah, we found it. Here. We found it. I'll we're put this. Here. I'll knock over some more shit and move this out of the way. Wow. Uh, nothing. Sorry, everybody. We're obviously. You know what? <laughs> if you've been listening to us this long, it's whatever. Like <laughs> it, it is whatever. At least you can hopefully hear us this time. You so. can hopefully hear us this time. Thank you. To... All right, and we're gonna take a minute to thank Jesse and Mara for technical support, because Shelby and Come Shelby on. the dog. Because uh, I still haven't learned to do this, which is embarrassing. But anyway, thanks, guys. You're doing great. Thanks, everybody. You too, uh, Jesse. Mara, you too. Wow. Thanks, everyone. What a group effort. Also, <laughs> it's just wonderful to see everyone's faces without masks oh, on. We're all vaccinated. It's super nice. It's beautiful. It's like normal. <sighs> all right. So... <laughs> <laughs> so happy. Um, I have a feeling a bit of that might get cut somewhere in there. So. <laughs> Just leave it in. Just leave it in. Um, all right. So access. Is there anything that you'd want to talk about, I guess, with like giving mm-hmm. access to new people? It sounds like your TikTok platform is providing a lot of access to people in like mm-hmm. different ways. Like Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I obviously still very much advocate like if you want to learn how to climb, the best way to do it is to find an experienced friend or like hire a guide. You know what I mean? Like, please, like guides are starving out there. Hire them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so here's a question for mm-hmm. you, though, just like off the cuff. If some like how do you as a new climber, mm-hmm. I guess this could be rhetorical. Yeah. How do you even know that someone is experienced enough to, to keep you safe? You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of confident people that <clears throat> oh I know God. that don't know what the fuck <clears throat> they're doing. Yes. And how do you, as a new climber, be able to <laughs> differentiate? Like, what do you, what would you tell people, I guess, in that situation? Like, I think that's a super, super valid point because, like, even with me, it's like, I 
distrusted my climbing partner. He's like, I've reached the point now that like I know enough about climbing. I have opinions about how to do things. You know what I mean? And like, I remember the moment. It was at the. It's always at the gunks. <laughs> Just admit, the just, just admit it. It's your favorite place. <laughs> We're there. Well, I was just kind of like, it sounds like the places you hate most are your favorites. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was like arguing with one of my climbing partners. And I was like, I don't like the way that this anchor was built. Like this was not the, and that at, at that moment, I was just like, Ooh, I, I, I have, I know enough to have opinions on how to do things. Like what the fuck? You know, I progressed. But aside from that, to answer your actual question, it's just like, I mean, and if you have absolutely no idea, I think the best thing to do is hire a guide or like, you know. <laughs> I mean, the AMC seems to have AMC. steered you, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, like yeah. take classes, you know what I mean? Like, like I, the class, like the AMC that, um, the classes I took were super affordable. I don't remember how much they were. I just remember they were like very cheap. They were made to take new climbers out. And so if you're like, your friend here is a little too, you know, maybe egotistic about their knowledge and you're kind of like, ooh, okay, are you safe? Are you not safe? You're not entirely sure. Like, either go out with a group of people, like REI even takes, you know, has like classes, like, you know, there's a bunch of um, companies out there, like guiding companies who will offer like very cheap classes sometimes. They'll take multiple people out. Um, otherwise, I guess just trust the person who's taking you out but i have definitely seen like you know you roll out to the crag and like there's there's the the troop leader and you watch them build the yankee and you're like oh (laughs) 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 someone get the camera rolling (laughs) you said something on it before that that stood out to me too is like the moment where you had that you're climbing with a friend Mm -hmm. that you um you like you questioned the anchor on it and mm-hmm. i think that's like that's important and that's tough to find in people too is when you're picking out climbing partners and like frankly developing the climbing relationship even yeah. if y'all are like both getting into it is like being able to hold each other accountable mm-hmm. is like a huge 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 part of it i was actually thinking of it before because one of my primary climbing partners is mara's husband josiah and i was thinking about it, i was like we really got into it and we didn't have like a lot of trad experience. Yeah. This all stemmed by the way of thinking of Brian, the trad grandfather for <laughs> yeah. you. Cause I was like, who's my trad dad. And like, I've had a couple like trad dad and moms who have shown me the ropes and a lot of stuff, giving a little shout out to James, uh, rain cloud, James and Sybil <laughs> and like plenty of other people. But a lot of it came from like being able to learn side by side with someone yeah. that you can hold each other accountable to like, when you fuck up, mm-hmm. like you talk about it and kind yeah. of figure out some of those details. I know Michelle and I were learning a lot of the stuff together at the same time. And there's that I think is like a valuable thing that's easily overlooked because it's either ego gets in the way mm-hmm. and the feedback is too difficult to give. Um, or like you just kind of all hope and have blind trust. And yeah. that can sometimes work out not super favorably at the same time. So I don't know, yeah. but I was thinking about it when you're having that, like, I think you had something mm-hmm. in that relationship with that person that is special that a lot mm-hmm. of people like might sleep on too at the yeah. same time. So I think it's also important for everyone, like regardless of how hard you climb or how much experience you have to realize that like in climbing or like in anything, you're never you, like, there's, you never stop learning. There's always something different. Like I took my SBI class and honestly, like I knew a lot of how to do everything already, but then you know, Matt Shove was my instructor and he was like, yeah, yeah, for this, you build an instructor tether. And I was like, 
that is the smartest thing I have ever in my life heard about. Like you just throw a rope down and tie it to your like your anchor, and you can wrap off of that to like build it so you don't die. Like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Like, how come I never thought it was something yeah. so simple like that? Where I was just like, oh my god, like building top, like professional top rope b- anchor building. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> throw a rope down so you don't die. Like, wow. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think some of it also is like you're you're taught, mm-hmm. I guess, a limited mm-hmm. amount of information, right? Yes. Like there's X amount of ways to do things. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're trying to be creative with like how to do things, you're almost like, oh, well, if it seems fine to me, but why wasn't, why weren't I taught this? Yeah. So I'll just do it the way that I was taught because yeah. that seems to be the way to go. But if you think about like climbers in the, 80s and 90s you know the amount of knowledge and gear that they had also the other thing is like gear development over time they probably were like okay this is the way things are done but if they had a glimpse of like the way that we maybe do things now they'd be like whoa we would have never thought of that like the the way that information is spread changes Mm -hmm. over time and is more accessible thanks to the internet and books and you know whatever and a, a mass amount of climbers as well so there is never a cap which is cool yeah you know? and stuff is co- like technology is constantly changing too you know what i mean like which is one of the reasons why i like climbing with brian because like he's been climbing for like longer than i've been alive and he like is constantly fascinated by like new gear how things work but like you know sometimes you go to the crane you see some old crusty dude who's obviously been climbing for like 40 years probably is you know super experienced but like why are they still using a hip bullet? You know, <laughs> like, come on, just th- you do throw a harness. I'm like that one person at I think Romney last year like died because they decided to build a harness using a leather belt and like I think it was kayak, kayak straps. straps. Yeah. And it's like someone offered to give you a harness. Why not just take it? Like that was not worth it. That was preventable for sure. And yeah, I mean that was just horrible and tragic for everyone involved that yeah. day i think i mean i was not there but mm-hmm. i had friends that were and they were like why like yeah why'd, that was why? so unnecessary <laughs> you know yeah um yeah so where i guess wear a harness would be the <laughs> the solution check your knots always check knots i mean like i've seen three act drop you know like i carry an extra ac act or if at atc wow there oh my go. gosh a chew I shoot, yeah. I carry, <laughs> I carry an extra one on like big multi-pitch climbs just in case I drop either my Grigri or my other AT. Like I bring three belay devices up. You know what I mean? Like, is that unnecessary? No, because I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen so many ATCs fly off of cliffs. I'm just like, you know what? If my partner drops theirs or if like even the person next to me drops theirs, like we have an extra it's it it weighs practically nothing like i'm not gonna be like oh no every ounce matters i'm not that type of person like hashtag ultralight (laughs) (laughs) ultra heavy (laughs) amy's a maximist (laughs) what i lead is that like when i'm on sighting triadroids i'll carry a double rack up but i'm also infamously known for not ever placing gear so (laughs) Really? It's a good way to on-site. <laughs> I'm wearing a so double rack up and I'll put like three pieces in a 60-foot route. I'm like, Amy, you're going to deck you and I'll put a piece in. I'm like, yo, but the jams are so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I just keep going. Wow. That's why I'm so strong. Carry a double rack all the way to the top without... And not place anything. Oh, my God. Shout out to all my belayers who I've given heart attacks to. 
I was going to say Josiah's at home turning the volume up on, on this right now when we get to this part. Like, oh, I feel justified. Wow. Okay. No, it's really stupid, actually. Don't do that, please. Like, no, I need to... Because I almost died once because like my nut blew and my last pace was like 20 feet below me. I would have hit the deck. And like at that day, I was like, I need to place more gear. I did not learn. But... <laughs> you said it to yourself, and that's how I said it to myself, and it's in the back of my head. So, You're savage. So I love it. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. So seriously, shout out to all my bully. <laughs> They're listening. Like, I will take that shout out. I yeah. earned that. Yeah. I, I will. So <laughs> a great story. Um, so yeah, Chris Fior, who's my partner, like we went to the new together. This motherfucker is a 513 crusher, right? Like he's my rope gun. But like <laughs> I led, I forgot which route it was. But anyway, uh, so I would lead the, I would lead the pitch. And he would, we'd pull the rope and he would lead on my gear. And I remember that he was just like, Amy, you're so fucked up. He takes extra pieces up to protect himself as he collides on my gear because it's not enough. Oh my God. Dude, good for you. I'm so jealous. No, don't be. No, someday I might actually die. So like... <laughs> I'm not, I didn't mean to laugh like because it was funny. Like I was, that was nervous so laughter. nervous. <laughs> She actually gripped the table harder. <laughs> I don't know if you can see, but I'm rubbing my hands on my thighs. <laughs> it's like funny. Oh, wow. Oh, no, but when I place, I like when I'm actually like Mac, like redlining, I will place as much gear as needed. Yes. Okay. Needed still sounds subjective, but okay. <laughs> I really need two pieces. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Okay. Oh my goodness. There's, I'm I, really good at runouts. I have a pretty good head right now. I'm just like the thing holding me back is uh, my strength. I'm not very strong. Why? I, I, <laughs> have, are you? You're climbing all the time, though, right? Are you mm -hmm. like just focusing more on like longer routes as opposed to like strength, or why do I you feel I'm, that you're not strong right now? I guess I'm just like not overall a strong person. So like all of my, I think the reason why I can climb at the you know grades that I can is because I have really good footwork and technique <laughs> hell yeah yeah That's like awesome because i'm five three with a negative four ape index my what? ape index is four eleven like i cannot reach anything but damn i can put my foot next to my head and use that effectively so like footwork is all i really have but like which is why i'm not like i'm probably never going to be one of those super strong 12 13 overhanging crushers at like rumney you know what i mean like i will never be me I have no desire to be that type of climber either, which is probably why I like trad because it's a more of a mental game. Like I'm better at that and I'm a more technical climber. So like I can go slow if I need to, I can like think about the gear. Like, it's the game that really makes me excited about it. Where it's just like, do I save the number one or do I, you know, or am I gonna have to, should I place it now? Should I place the number two? Is it gonna be like an 80% piece? Like, is it gonna catch me or not? Should I just not place anything at all? Like, I'm scared now, I'm tired, like I'm pumping now. Like, what should I do? And you have to make all these decisions in like 30 seconds. Like, that's what I love about trap. 30 generous too. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, 30, it's it's like, like micro it's like seconds. Five seconds. You're like, you're do like... I save the one or not? <laughs> <laughs> I can relate so much over the past week or two. Yeah, flashbacks. So. I think in a lot of ways, I, I'm, I'm not a strong climber, whatever, but I always have been attracted to trad climbing because it feels very creative. Yes. Like you can do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. You can put as little or as many pieces as you want and kind of like make it your own thing. Yeah. So I wonder if that's also part of that. Um, 
I was wondering, are there any like trad routes that you could do over and over again? Ooh. Like you just love it so much. Every time you get down, you're like, fuck yeah. Inject that into my veins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pulling up my to-do list right now. Watch to add more stuff. Everything Amy says gets added to the list. So it's actually really interesting because like, I don't like to reclimb roots. Really? Once I've done it, even if I've top roped it, I don't want to come back to it. Like I've done it. There's like millions of routes in the world. Like I don't have to climb that same one again. Do you keep track of all the climbs you've done? Do you remember them? Um, I tick almost all of them on Mount Project, and I've started recently um, making like a climbing log where it's like every single time I climb, either the gym or outside, I will um, log it. And this was inspired by both Chris and my next shout out, Dan Bateman. <laughs> Love you. He's another one of my main climbing partners, and RIP, he's moving to Colorado next week. So, fuck you, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) He's a roller coaster. (laughs) Weirdest shout out we've had. It's my favorite one yet. Keep going. (laughs) So, yeah, Dan's one of my main climbing partners. I love him to death. I'm very sad that he's moving to Colorado, but good for you, Dan, leaving us for good climbing. Well, I didn't say that. (laughs) We have the best climbing. Different climbing. Different. But um, well, yeah, now you so... have a couch to crash on, right? That's it's like true. The silver Veda lining Vu? of friends oh. moving away. Oh. <laughs> off with off with dance, moving to Veda Vu. So it it's poetic. Makes sense. Makes sense. But um, yeah. So I started like a climbing log where it's like every time I go out now, it's like I have a list of every climb that I've done with notes next to it. And so like also like just random like who I was with, maybe people I've met there. I was gonna say, what do your notes look like? Are they like beta intensive or are they like? It's like how did I the got... day go? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like yeah. So like I think. My phone's over there now, like, because it's static. But, like, one of them was just kind of, like, my 510 slash 11 canon, you know, cathedral dream Rumney, or, sorry, dream trip was, you know, destroyed by thunderstorms. And so, like, that was one did tag. Did you draw the thunderstorms in? I did not. No, it's actually, oh, it's on my phone right now, but I'm going to turn it into an actual log. But, like, it's just, you know, notes like that. Or, like, yesterday I went to Rumney and it was 90 fucking degrees and a thunderstorm so then everything evaporated turned into 99% humidity and I just was like yo dude I let's go swimming yes <laughs> I went swimming after in the rain in the rain yeah the rain. we were swimming in the rain it was that. the I've never I don't really sweat and I've like I came down drenched <laughs> holy fuck like damn I don't even like sport climbing I went to Rumney and climbed 90 degree water like I was, resp- I, I took the chalk <laughs> off. She's like, of I the loved wall. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My hands were sweaty enough to just wash the wall of the chalk. <laughs> She's very leave no trace friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I cleaned it. <laughs> it was disgusting. Oh. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Were you gonna? Oh, okay. Um, going way way back earlier i stuck a pin in my my mind here Mm -hmm. um you said you were from san diego yeah so tell me about uh, did you just move straight from san diego to mass or what was your like geographic location (laughs) timeline (laughs) yeah so grew up born and raised in san diego i'm actually going back in two weeks i'm very excited about that i'm gonna climb takits um which if you guys don't know takits is where the yosemite decimal system was formed and everyone thinks it was in yosemite but i'm like no it's actually formed on takits like the one to five like the you know cl- like you know five ten like what grade one is like what walk or class one terrain is like walking on a road or something like that that was formed in yosemite but the actual point system was developed on takits where they had 10 routes on there from five zero to five nine 
And the very first Five Nine ever was open book on Talk Heats. And I don't really remember the other ones there, but I do one day dream of climbing every single one of those 10 routes. Open book is definitely on my to-do list. It is old, old, like the oldest school Five Nine you can ever like imagine. It's also Talk Heats, which is essentially like the canon of the West Coast. So it's like 800 feet tall. looks like a Hershey's Kiss of just pure granite. It is fabulous. But, um... I love that rock so much. So what would open book be like current day graded? I have no, I've never climbed it. I have no idea. Cause um, five, nine at the time was the hardest grade, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And like we've since progressed and climbed harder and harder things, ha- you know, with technology and stuff like that. But like, I have no idea. I'll let you know someday when I climb oh, yeah. that. But, um, I do want to climb like, I don't know, probably Trader Horn or like long climb, probably the long climb. Cause it's on the North facing side and it's july and it's gonna be like 100 degrees but uh anyway the original question was born and raised in san diego and then i went to ucr so university of california riverside for grad or undergrad in biology which is hilarious because it's 45 minutes from joshua tree <laughs> i was not a climber i learned how to climb out here out north which i will be calling the litter box from now the litter on box. yes <laughs> oh my god yeah it looks like one too it's just rocks giant rocks like yeah, that's 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 what I'm gonna call it for now. Beautiful, Joshua Tree, the litter box. <laughs> I had a good time. Which <laughs> is so salty. I, I was just literally waiting for a moment to be like, Takis is really close to Joshua Tree," <laughs> and then we just started like hours, literally but... <laughs> shitting on. Him. <laughs> All right, I'll back Go away. <laughs> see myself out. Oh man! And then I moved out here about six years ago. Sweet. Yeah. What brought you out here? Grad Crow. school. <laughs> I was going to say Crow Hill. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Crow Magnet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Heard about the I first 510 in Massachusetts. <laughs> I hate Crow Hill so much. <laughs> I, I would rather climb a Joshua Tree. Well, I mean, like, okay, Joshua Tree is not that bad. I shit on it, but it's actually not that bad. What it's, is that bad? It's okay. Crow Hill. Joe Crow Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Crow Hill is that bad. I got stung by a, I think it was a paper wasp there two years ago, right through my pants. It went ass first, stung me, and then left. Because it's Crow Hill. It's because I was, like, fucking around near its nest, I guess. So oh, my bad, but it's cause also... because it's Crow Hill. It's I, terrible there. <laughs> all our feelings are being confirmed right now, so... <laughs> We're like, it was great. We loved it. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, so we're actually uh, already in an hour. So. Oh, wow. Is there anything you want to talk about? I mean, we can go forever. It's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. So if you want four more hours, we can do that. And we can, you know, whatever. But. Everyone else in the room shakes their head. Just saying for hypotheticals. But I didn't want to shut you off. So if there's anything else, yeah. I mean, that you want to talk about, the floor is yours, my dear. <laughs> I guess there is one thing I do kind of want to, like, talk about. And this is mostly towards, like, more of the women and BIPOC and like queer people taking up space, especially because like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, like we, we, you know, people, people are allowed these spaces yet so much of the time it's like these microaggressions that occur that are actively actually shutting people out. You know what I mean? And it's sometimes even things such as like bolting a root. And so like, I distinctly remember this one time because It's just, I, cause I cried afterwards and I was just so angry because of all these different things that just piled up at once. I was at the new and I was climbing. I don't even remember what the, it was like a 10 sport route, something like that. And the, I've never been to the new. 
very sparsely bolted, but like the first bolt is like 20 feet off of the ground as it normally is at the new. And it was a height dependent crux move, 20 feet off the ground, first bolt, and the bolt could not be reached by me. It was literally a full like foot away. Someone had to throw me a stick clip to clip the first bolt. And I remember just like reaching up and being like, I cannot do this height dependent crux move 20 feet off the ground with no protection. Like I just, I can't do that. Like I'm scared, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna do it. And it's just like, if you move the fucking bolt down six inches, I could reach it. And like, not just me, but like how many other people would be able to reach that route, that, you know, that bolt and protect themselves. And I found out later that the, you know, the, the person who developed that route was like 6'4". And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And so like, even going back to like, you know, Dulcie's thing where she was just like, I'm climbing a lot of these routes. It's just like, she's like, what, 5'3 as well? Right. And she's like, I can't reach the bolt to safely clip it. And she had like a whole argument with um, whoever she was climbing with. And it's just kind of like, if you move the bolt down three inches, it's more accessible to people. You know what I mean? And my partner Chris was there too, who is a root developer. Like the, the dude has like 120 some first ascents. Like he is a root developer. I was like, yo, if you move the bolt six inches down, is it is still in good rock? He's like, absolutely. Like that's bad bolting. And it's like, I just remember like down climbing because I was just so angry that like, you know, I couldn't reach the first bolt. And it's not just that, but it was just kind of like all of these arguments on like fucking mountain project but like the internet like you know comments and stuff like that where it's just kind of like you know climbing is accessible to everyone it's just like if you can't climb the route don't climb the fucking route it's just like those are like objective hazards it's you versus the rock which is why i probably like trad climbing more because it's literally me versus the rock i put the gear in where i want to put it i don't have to rely on some six foot you know tall dudes bolting judgment and so it's like, it's truly me versus the rock. I don't have to like have all of these other man-made things that I have to take into account. Where it's just like moving a bolt six inches down into still really good rock opens up safety to like so many other people. And it's just like, Chris is like five seven. And like when he bolts, he like, you know, chooses to put stuff at a reasonable height where everyone of all ranges can clip. It's just like, if Rich climbs the route, he can still clip safely. It's going to just be at your chest instead of at your head. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of like my, Brian Phillips, who's also a root developer. He's always like, I put my hand up and then extend it down this much. And this is where I bolt. And I'm like, thank you for taking to it, into account people of all different sizes. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> the next day we climbed a bunch of trad. <laughs> but like... <laughs> Take, I was like, I don't, want to climb, I don't want to climb sport anymore. Can we go do something else? And Chris is like, yeah, let's go climb some track. But like, it's not just that, but it's just like every comment you see online of like climbing magazine or rock and ice trying to be inclusive and being like, hey, look, this non-binary person did the first, you know, climbed a 514, whatever the heck it is. Or like this black person climbed something, something, something. And then sometimes you go through the comments and they are just so incredibly infuriating to read because it's just kind of like why does this matter we you know it's just like it fucking matters because like i go to the crag and sometimes i'm the only woman there and if i'm not the only woman there i'm the only person of color there like there is no one who looks like me out in the crag and it's just like that just furthers 
you know, pushing me out of this space that I so desperately am trying to fight in, you know, for spaces in. It's like I had this whole argument on Mountain Project, which has now since been deleted, but it was just like, oh my God, I, that, that was such a incredible thread. It was... <laughs> Hopefully you <laughs> screenshot it because we're I all here it. for it. Oh, I come did on. it. Oh my god, it was so funny. It was infuriating. It was just this so it was this so maybe some of you guys have read this, like you know, to the listeners, but it was like basically this dude who was like he put someone like an Asian American was like to their gym somewhere in Southern California, I think, was like, Hey, you know, there's been a lot of like, you know, stop Asian hate, like Asian hate lately. Maybe, you know, this is my gym. There's a high concentration of Asian American climbers who climb at this gym. Maybe put a statement out. And it wasn't the gym itself, it was some person who was just like asking the gym, Can you put a statement out to be a little bit more inclusive? And this dude like goes just like oh, all of this like performative bullshit etc 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 like makes this huge comment about how absolutely unnecessary it was and like of course it was like a you know some white dude and like <laughs> the gym just straight up banned him from the gym <laughs> they were like you are banned and it is indisputable don't ever come back and so, yeah and so he <laughs> screenshotted his comment on facebook posted it to mountain Co project for validation and everyone just fucking roasted him it was like <laughs> so funny because like mountain project is a cesspool of like you know like i i hate mountain project forums i go on there to like sometimes browse like the meme like the climbing memes 2.0 page and like that's pretty much it the rest of it is hot garbage and i hate the community on there but i hate the community because they're not inclusive about this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? But like, I remember distinctly this one person, like just, I like made a comment, I was just like, you know, on behalf of the Asian American climbers of like the fucking world, enjoy your band, you know, like, like you deserved it. And like someone else like, like quoted me and it was just kind of like, Asian Americans are just looking for, you know, they're like basically, it was just like victim blaming these people. It's just kind of like, you guys are just looking for attention, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, are you, are you fucking kidding me right now? You know what I mean? I've also had like arguments on there where people are just like trying to do good work. And I'm like, hey, you know, as a person who belongs in this marginalized group that you're trying to aim, I have some critiques on the way that you want to, you know, uh, do what you're doing like he basically wanted to mentor a you know a person who a, from a marginalized group and i was like you know the way that you phrased this was absolutely fucking terrible it was very much kind of like a you know like a white savior attitude kind of thing but like it was i was like hey from my perspective as a person you are trying to aim this is what i would you know maybe here's some very kind suggestions i just got roasted I got absolutely roasted by the entirety of everyone there. They're like, this person's trying to do a good thing, and here you are. It's people like, I remember very distinctly, people like you who are, you know, making this community worse. And I'm like, excuse me, me offering my perspective as a person from the marginalized community that you are trying to be inclusive towards, like, I can't offer my own views? And it's just kind of like all of these fucking things that just are constantly occurring. And there was a whole thread about the bolting thing again, about this one girl who was just kind of like, why are bolts so like terribly placed sometimes? And I remember that because I had read that thread very early on and then experienced it in person two days later. You know what I mean? And it's just like the climbing community is not built for women, people of color. I had to like fucking 
like could gnarl my crampons and make them fit my tiny boots like come on like gears not even made for us like the women's thing remember like you know women's favorite it's like i don't i'm sorry i wear exclusively black i don't want to wear teal or pink or nope. purple like i just save want save that for me yeah give it to rich Fact. all of my climbing partners who are dudes want the pink gear like shout out to jake will lotion he wants hot pink gear please someone make it for him <laughs> he is the cl- he is the most fashionable man at the crag you see a man in hot pink that's jake will lotion oh. wow he lives in vermont um Wow. He's very he is very colorful. If you see a very colorful man, that's Jake. It's amazing to the entire Vermont community. Wow. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, it, it, it's yeah. it's yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to mainly say that. And so like, if you're out here like listening to this podcast, like please actively try to like make spaces and like take female climbers seriously. You know what I mean? Like, I know so many female crushers who are just constantly like just they just quit climbing sometimes because they just feel like this space is not meant for me and i don't want to be here anymore because there's so much toxicity and it's just kind of like no you do belong here you have to fight harder to be in here i'm sorry but like yeah i've noticed also a lot that a lot of women um Mm -hmm. will not even be able to see it in that way like that it's it's not the space that's the problem they're the problem in Mm -hmm. their eyes you know yeah like oh maybe i'm not meant to be a climber Maybe, yeah. which like, sure, we can be, you know, not fit for every hobby, like fine. But like, I've noticed that a lot with women. They're like, oh, you know, I'm just maybe not meant to be this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even no, like, you are. Yeah, right. And yeah. it's, it's just, we, a lot of us don't even have the like perspective to be like, oh no, I'm not the problem here. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just not inclusive. It, yes. I mean, even like me, I um, sometimes get like, imposter syndrome even having this podcast because like i went to farley and like could not even lead a climb that i used to warm up on and i was like how the fuck do i have a fucking climbing podcast (laughs) i can't even like do anything anymore i'm like weak you know what i mean but it's like it's not just me that has Mm -hmm. that thought i think it's a lot of women so i no i i agree with you 100 percent. it's just kind of like sometimes i'm like i what what am i what am i doing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm pretty sure you're a strong climber by the way like strength is what the fuck is strength anyway it's relative I need to learn that. You know what I mean? Like, I need to fucking learn that because I'm having problems right now with my own climbing ability where I'm like, I don't think I'm strong. But then I am. I'm pretty sure you are too. Like, we just need to realize that. And Mm. it's just, it's sometimes, it's hard. It's frustrating. You know, especially when everything is also driven against you where it's just kind of like, oh, so you couldn't get up that route or let's let's mess with you. Let's put you on a route that's going to be way harder. Or like, oh, yeah. Let me just, you know, you, you got down, you couldn't do it. Let me just, you know, give you the beta for it or some bullshit like that or send the project in front of you or I don't know. It's every every person's experienced that, especially at the gym where the boulder bros roll up and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just <laughs> uh, flash your project in front of you. And it's like, thanks, dude. Do you mind if I give this one a go? I'll sometimes in, like I would sometimes intentionally flash a guy's project because they'll never shut up about it. <laughs> At the gym, everyone especially. flashes my project. <laughs> I don't <have> project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deliberately, I avoid. I go so. for a good yeah. time. But like at the gym, it's like you see those dudes, and sometimes they're explained to like a brand new 
you know female climber how to like climb something she's clearly not interested and he'll like go try to warm up on or like try to climb whatever he's trying to climb and i will like look at him in the eyes look at her in the eyes flashes or like you know send his project in front of him and then look at her and then walk away <laughs> i love it i respect it's it empowering i do i I'm love just like it. yo dude shut the fuck up like let her climb like the whole point of climbing is to like figure it out like that's that's what we're doing here yeah i mean especially i mean at least personally mm -hmm. i i don't know i i get really proud when i have like really good footwork or really good technique mm -hmm. and yeah. part of getting that is figuring out what to do it's not a matter of like pulling up which sometimes it yeah. is whatever but like you're literally ruining the best part of the sport. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Climbing is all about figuring it out. Like, that's the best part about it. Yeah. You know why, I mean? Like, why do you love climbing? Oh, it's a puzzle and I love it. And it takes my mind off of things. Yeah. And if someone's just like yelling at you how to do it, it's like, well, now I am mad and want to go home. And yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. It's like, please like, let me just. That or like, you know what you're doing. And there's yelling at beta at you anyway. It's like the only time someone should ever give you. I guess. Never. It's never. Just. Give beta when it's asked for. When it's asked. I was going to say, when it's if you ask for yeah, it, you like, should give yeah. it to them. That would be, like, yeah. almost yeah. as rude. Like, can I have beta? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking like, figure it <laughs> out, kid. But like, the only time that I'm okay with unsolicited beta is, like, if I'm, like, on a lead and I'm, like, way above my last piece and I'm, like, totally missing something and I'm cruxing out. Like, I'm about to fall and die and there's a foot chip that would save my life right there. Give, tell me about the foot chip, please. Because your, your last piece of pro is <laughs> 95 feet away. <laughs> no. All right. So for everyone listening, Jesse doesn't have a microphone. But he's saying things. So I'm assuming you'll just have a little bit of silence there. Cool. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I could talk to you forever, so... <laughs> come back on later <laughs> all right awesome uh rich anything thank you for coming on yeah. this has been awesome thank you uh, for having me for those that don't know me and amy have been like talking about random ice climbing and rock climbing for probably about six months plus <laughs> and we met four days ago when she was filling out her log book i think is that what you were doing now that i know oh yeah my training log yeah i just like rolled up and just sat like an awkwardly close distance and was just like sup <laughs> how are you so, so awesome to get you to meet you in person a couple days ago but thank you so much for coming on too yeah coming on down. this has been a blast we could continue this conversation for a long time but um you know we'll save it for another episode <laughs> thank you keep crushing yeah thank you guys for having me here i it was a pleasure it was fun good Glad. everyone hear that we're fun yeah we're fun. they are super fun by the way <laughs> i would like to say that we're fun and we have dogs here they have dogs they got six <laughs> I was gonna read your shirt. I was like, "Oh yeah, let's <laughs> shout that out." Mara's shirt says "Sick Titties," and it's from the Never Not Collective, right? And I would also like to shout out my friend at Dynamite Starfish, Leslie Kim. Um, she sent me this shirt. Says "Climbing Rocks." She's pretty dope. What's that? There's a picture of a rock, so it's both a description of the activity as well as an opinion. So, um, all right, Amy, you're wonderful. Thank you so much for being on. Um, all right, so Off Belay is sponsored by Central Rock Gym. Um, audio and intro song is done by Mara Brown, produced by me, hosted by Rich, moral support by Jesse and Shelby. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you next time when we take you Off Belay. Bye.